I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Welcome to another segment of our exclusive Executive Sessions interviews. Today I'm discussing cybersecurity threats and trends with Peter George, President and CEO of General Dynamics Fidelis Cybersecurity Solutions. Hi, Peter. Hi, Marianne. So now, Peter, you've been working in the global network security area for more than two decades, and you've seen a lot. What current cybersecurity issue is most disturbing to you right now? Well, it's an interesting question because my answers changed over the years. And today, you know, I would say that the the thing that's most disturbing to us is that, you know, most of the, the threats more than 50% of the threats that are recognized today get recognized by third parties. And so what I mean by that is we're in the advanced threat defense space, and common knowledge in the security market today is over 90% of the you know global 2,000 companies have been compromised in some way, and the 50% stat is all about 50% of those compromises or breaches don't get discovered by the company that's been compromised. They actually get discovered by a third party who gets knowledge of the information and has to call the customer. So getting eyes on the network is really, really important to deal with today's threat. So now you mentioned threats. How do you see the threat landscape changing, and what is most troublesome right now? Well, there are two things that are affecting the threat landscape. Number one is the threat vector. So the threat vector has changed to be content-based threats, and that is to say that the adversary is being very smart and very targeted and very persistent, and they're targeting the weakest link in company security posture. And that's, we call it the carbon layer, but that's actually the, the human element and using spear phishing attacks to compromise networks. So unless you have visibility into the content where you can see the threat, it's very, very hard to protect yourself against the new kinds of advanced threats that are happening today. And the second thing that's making this threat vector so difficult to deal with is that the attack surface is changing. And in the security market and IT market in general, there's some major, some macroeconomic trends that are making this very difficult, and that is to say people are moving their data to the cloud, they're virtualizing their data, and then, of course, everything's moving to mobility with BYOD, and so the attack surface is not only changing, but it's getting bigger. So the combination of content-level threats aimed at humans coupled with the attack surface on the move makes this a very, very difficult problem to solve. Now, you mentioned some of those challenges, and in some sectors, such as the healthcare market, there tends to be less maturity and tighter resources often when it comes to information security. So what's your advice to those sorts of organizations that have to make the most of their limited resources in terms of stretching their information security power and keeping up with these advanced persistent threats? It's a very difficult problem to deal with, and some of the most important companies in the world are having trouble dealing with it. So that's number one. This isn't relegated to 
verticals or industries that may not be targets. If people have sensitive data, they're susceptible to this kind of threat. Having said that, you know, security is all about managing risk and making sure if you're in the healthcare industry, the first thing you need to know is understand where your sensitive data is. So in healthcare industry, that may be healthcare records or PII information on your, on your customers. And understanding where your data is is absolutely critical. And the, the interesting thing is that in most companies' uh, networks, only 5 or 10% of their data is sensitive. So understanding where your sensitive data is and then building a security posture to protect that sensitive data is absolutely critical. So that's the advice I would give anyone who's trying to deal with this problem. And the second thing that I would offer is if you believe, as I stated earlier, that 90% of the Global 2000 is susceptible to this problem and that at some point if an adversary wants to get in, they can, then having a breach response plan in place in the advent that you have to uh, respond to that breach is really important. And it's a little bit like in, in the old days practicing a fire drill. Well, if at some point you need a breach response plan to be activated, A, you ought to have the plan, and B, it ought to be practiced. So having a breach response plan to deal with a compromise in the case that you have to is uh, is something everybody should have. Now, shifting gears just a little, how do you think the security marketplace will change in the coming year? I think there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace that you need some crystallization and some clarity and the part of the confusion happens because of vendors like us, and that is to say we're all saying similar things, and customers are very confused about discriminating between the technology and the services that they need to solve the problem. So we have a responsibility to crystallize for our customers you know, what's unique about what we do so that we can help them solve their problems. So, so that's something that we need to work on. I think one of the things that's going to happen because of that is I think there's going to be a big consolidation in the security market. And that is to say because you need different technologies, different capabilities, and different services to deal with sophisticated threats like the ones that we deal with, putting those pieces together is really important to provide a solution for a customer. And today, the onus to do that is on customers, and they have to use different technologies from different vendors and different services and try to make sense of all of that, and it's really, really hard. So I think there's going to be a big consolidation in the market, and some major leaders will emerge that can provide these end-to-end solutions that encompass both technology and people and threat intelligence and capability so that we can increase the security hygiene for our customers. Now, you mentioned that all the vendors are saying sort of similar things. How do you distinguish your organizations from the other vendors out there, the other firms that are offering similar services? One of the things that we did a couple of years ago is, you know, when we became a part of General Dynamics, meaning Fidelis, we took a first-mover advantage to couple together our cutting-edge technology with the amazing threat intelligence 
and services capability that General Dynamics had built over the years. And so that is really what's unique about our value proposition is we couple together technology, threat intelligence, and knowledge of the adversary and a services capability that's second to none in the industry, and we tightly integrate it in a single management frame so that our focused customers, who happen to be the Global 2000, that are sophisticated security users, want to actively defend their network so that those customers can pivot from each part of our technology and dramatically increase the detection rate and prevention rate of a compromise and then quickly shorten the cycle to response. And it's something we're very good at. And again, we took a first mover advantage to tightly integrate all of those capabilities and operationalize that on our platform two and a half years ago. And as a result, we have an amazing set of customers that rely on us to help inoculate themselves from some of the most sophisticated threats in the industry today. So now if consolidation does play out in the next year or so and there are more vendors sort of maybe grouping together and becoming sort of one-stop shopping for security, how might that impact your company and how would you react to that? Well, it's a great question and I think about it as the president of the company all the time because those competitive threats are something we have to be well aware of. And the way that we'll deal with it, which is the way we've dealt with it over the years, is to stick to the things that we're really, really good at. And it starts for us in making sure we stay at the cutting edge of the problem and we continue to innovate and we continue to understand the threat vector so that when we put our technology in and we put our people around that technology, that we provide best-in-class security in the category we're focused on, which is advanced threat defense, in a way that nobody else in the world can. So there may be other companies that may be bigger than us, but we don't think they're going to be better than us as it relates to helping customers defend their intellectual property and their sensitive data. So now, Peter, as I mentioned earlier, you've been in this field for more than 20 years How did you become interested in this field, and how did your career evolve to where it is right now? Well, it's an interesting question because, you know, I grew up in the networking world, so I have a a networking-shaped head, and I had the good fortune to spend seven years working for one of the largest networking companies at that time, Bay Networks in Europe, as an expat. And, And when I came back to the United States in 2000, I joined a company called Crossbeam, and Crossbeam was a networking company, and we partnered with security companies and put those security applications on our networking platform, and it helped transform how customers dealt with the security problem. So that's how I got involved in the security space. I originally started on the networking side, and interestingly enough, the company that uh, I worked for got bought by Nortel, And during some of the time I was at Nortel, Nortel was unfortunately compromised and a lot of the intellectual property, sensitive data, M&A information was exfiltrated from the company and it had a dramatic devastating effect on the ability for Nortel to go forward as a company. So I became very acutely aware of how severe this advanced threat 
defense problem was, and it really catapulted me into the category and into the company of Fidelis seven years ago. And now I feel like we're doing national security work helping protect the world's intellectual property from advanced adversaries. So I got through in the space through the networking world, but I consider myself a network security person today. Now, to the budding information security professionals out there, what sort of career advice would you give them? What do you see as the biggest challenge that they're facing that you might have not faced when you were starting out with the security side of your career? The folks that are in the security space, I guess my biggest advice would be to go get trained and to go equip yourself with understanding and expertise in the security world that nobody else has. And again, I keep talking about advanced threat defense and staying on the cutting edge of the problem. But, you know, we deal with some of the most important breaches in the world, and we help some of the biggest customers protect their intellectual property. And the fact of the matter is there's a, a scarcity factor to find people who can work in security operations centers, who can use the tools that are necessary to help protect sensitive data from these big companies. And I think there's a real career opportunity for people that want to take a leadership role in getting really smart uh, in this category and helping companies in their socks uh, protect themselves. So my advice would be focus in that area, equip yourself with that knowledge, and you're going to have jobs for life because it's really, really hard to find people that are really, really interested in good and experienced and helping customers deal with the security issue. Now, Peter, you mentioned leadership. How would you describe your leadership philosophy? I like building teams, and I like coming from an underdog position, and I find myself in all the companies that I've led over the years, you know, leading and working for the, for the underdog. And for some reason, bringing a great group of people together putting together a game plan and then inspiring those people to do extraordinary work is really gratifying for me. And sometimes you lead from the front and sometimes you lead from behind. But building great teams and leading those teams to doing extraordinary work I think defines what I'm good at and what I like to do. And I've been fortunate enough to to work for some companies that allowed me to do that and we've, we've had some good success over the years. So what would you like your leadership legacy to be, and what's next for you? The next for me is the next customer who has a problem protecting their intellectual property and their sensitive data from an adversary. The next for me is what can we do as a company? What can we do as an industry to help them? There's a sense of doing really important work here because I feel like the industry that we're focused on, advanced threat defense, that this is a national security issue and a global problem. And the next thing for me is helping the next customer deal with it. And, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, this is a problem that's getting harder to solve, not easier. The adversary is creating more of a gap, not closing the gap on our ability to catch them. So unfortunately, I think I'm going to be employed for a long time because there's a lot of work to be done to deal with these kinds of threats. And I enjoy doing this. I enjoy leading people, helping customers, and protecting our information. And it's something I love to do. And so, Peter, looking ahead, what would you like your leadership legacy to be? 
I think when everyone's retired and sitting in their rocking chair and thinking about the best company that they ever worked at, something in the wake of the best place to work and the best working place where it helped transform their career, I hope that they think about Fidelis Security. Thanks, Peter. I've been speaking to Peter George of General Dynamics Fidelis Cybersecurity Solutions. I'm Marian Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.